0: Hey there, Made Brave in Christ family. I am so thankful that you decided to tune in to today's episode. Today, we are talking about being content in Christ. Before we get into this episode, I want to talk about my new ebook, Grow in Grace. This was originally a course, but I decided to turn it into an ebook. Then that's because I am truly a much better writer, and it has always been a huge dream of mine to write books. So keep an eye out for Grow in Grace. The ebook, it's going to be coming out very, very soon, But check out my shop linked in the show notes as well um, so that you can make sure that you have the correct link for when it comes available. And now let's get on in to the show. Hey there, friend. Today we are talking all about being content in Christ. When I walked away from social media in August, this was a gigantic lesson that the Lord taught me. And this time in August was such a sweet season of having zero responsibilities other than taking care of my house and my husband and our dog. Um, And... I was able to soak up so much incredible time with the Lord. During that full month away, I was spending basically all day in God's Word. Literally. I read through the entire Bible that month that month. So pretty much the only thing I listened to was the U version audio Bible and worship music every now and then as well. I thought that this would be such a chore to my days and to my routine, but y'all, it was incredible. I began to see the Bible in a completely new way. Not only was I reading the Bible all the way through, but I was reading it extremely quickly. Let me tell you, if you've ever read the Bible over like a year or two, I promise that there are things that you forget in Genesis that end up being really relevant in the epistles or the gospel or even revelation, right? And so as I was reading so quickly through the Bible... I picked up on many connections between the Old and New Testaments that really just hadn't stood out to me before. Now, at this point, you are probably thinking, what the heck is she even talking about this for? I thought that this was an episode on contentment. Well, it is, I promise. (laughs) Just stay with me for a second, and I promise that we will get into the thick of talking about contentment. But as I was reading so quickly, and as I was resting and praying over where God wanted me next and what He wanted me to do, He showed me how I haven't been truly content with just him like i've always looked for the next best thing that's just kind of been my toxic trait over the years i have continuously looked for like the next best clothes the next best job the next best house the next best phone the next best this that and the other right and i realized that this desire of looking for the next best thing was actually an idol of the material things of this world. I know you're probably thinking, well, duh, Morgan, but I needed that conviction. I needed that time away from the material world to actually realize that's what I was doing. And man, did God really convict me with that one, y'all? Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that material things are a sin. Like, duh. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Okay. But what I am saying is that the position of my heart for always looking for the next best thing rather than being content with the things God had given me or even just God Himself was the idol in my own heart and we can obviously have nice things, right? Proverbs 31 women had nice things. But for me at this point in my life, I was consistently consistently placing these things above God, which then were ultimately leading to burnout, frustration, strained relationships, and other negative consequences in my life. And I want to take this time to make a point that when the Lord takes the time to convict us, it is always, always out of love and for our best interest. My discontent, my personal discontent, was leading to all of those negative consequences I just mentioned, as well as giving me extra anxiety for not reaching uh, the status or the goals of those who I had surrounded myself with. And... I thought that I should have gotten or reached those goals uh, as well, or even exceeded those goals. And so the Lord, in his kindness, he used my time of stillness in August to bring this to light. He showed me that I don't need those other things to be content. I just need him And then he will bless me in ways that I couldn't even imagine or begin to try to reach on my own. Okay, so I hate to do this, but we've got to do a quick 180 for a second. (laughs) I have talked about what I have learned about contentment, but Let's dissect it just a little bit further, shall we? So I probably should have started out the show this way, but I needed to tell you my story about this first. So what exactly is contentment? Right? So Webster's actually defines it as feeling, or showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. So the reason we are even trying to reach a certain status or have certain things is because this is society's definition of contentment. Like what, how mind-blowing is that? That society has built up this definition that the only way to be content is to be satisfied with the things you have, your status symbol, or your situation. That's it. And of course, we are struggling to feel this contentment. It's literally impossible to be content When the bar or the status is continuously being raised. When a new iPhone is being launched every year, how are we supposed to be satisfied with what we have now? When the world's version of satisfaction is continuously changing based on the next hot item on the market, how are we supposed to keep up with this? No wonder... We have so much anxiety, so much concern with money, so much sadness surrounding where we live, embarrassment over our possessions, and the list could literally go on forever. This definition, or this, uh, or society's definition of contentment, is too broad it doesn't tell us exactly what thing or person is going to give us that ultimate contentment. It's just saying to be satisfied with your possessions, your status, or your situation. And so while you could twist that into being uh, good with where you're at in life, there's too many voices telling us that you have to have this to be content. You have to be have this to be content. You have to have that to be content. All over and over again. Um, just anywhere we anywhere we see it. The internet, friends, neighbors, etc. Right. So now that we've broken down society's definition of contentment, let's switch. And learn what contentment is not. So sometimes we think that being content is just settling with what we have. But no, that's not what we're saying. That's not what I'm getting at. That isn't the case at all. All right. You can still be ambitious and work hard and bring God glory through your work. But contentment is trusting in God, no matter which iPhone version you have, no matter if you have the newest Lululemon leggings, no matter if you have six figures in your bank account, no matter if you just walked away from an abusive relationship, no matter if you can barely pay your bills this month. True contentment equals trusting God. And it may seem to you that this is such a cop-out phrase to say. Like, oh, just be content in Christ. It'll all work out. It's one of those throwaway phrases in Christian culture that people say in awkward situations where they really don't know what else to say. And it may be well intended, but ask yourself, before you say that phrase, oh, just be content in Christ, oh, just trust in God, ask yourself, before you use that phrase, do I really know what it means to be content in Christ? And if you don't, don't worry. <laughs> not trying to shame anyone with this episode, but listen up. Because we are going to learn what God actually has to say about being content. And we are going to look in Joshua 1, okay, to learn what God says. So in Joshua 1, 9, this is probably a pretty popular verse. This is just after Moses has passed away and um, all of the other people who had ignored God and disobeyed him in the wilderness after they all had died. That is when Joshua was going to be able to take the Israelites into the promised land, right? And so in Joshua 1, 9, God says... Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. This is another verse that gets thrown around in Christian culture. But do we really know what that means? Do we really know what it means to have been commanded by God? Do we really know what it means to be strong and courageous? Do we really know what it means to not be frightened and to not be dismayed? And can we really wrap our heads around the fact that God is with us wherever we go? We can't hide and we can't run away from God. God is omniscient. He is everywhere, right? And so this verse in Joshua 1 shows us that we have no way to fear because God is constantly with us, and our contentment we can find that contentment because we know that God is with us, we can find that trust in God because He we know that He is right here next to us all the time, okay. And so, in Joshua. Joshua is able to take possession of uh, the promised land, the the land that was promised to uh, Jacob and Israel and that whole line, right? And so, God provides this place of rest as well. So when when Joshua remembers this commandment from God, this commandment that is that he would give uh, possession of the land to Joshua and the rest of the Israelites. When Joshua remembers that commandment, he is able to trust in God, and then he is able to rest in God. And that trust and rest combination is where that true contentment lies. Now, let's talk about Psalm 139. Okay? So, Psalm 139 is pretty popular as well. This is the psalm talking about how God formed our inward parts. He knit us together in our mother's womb. Uh, We praise him for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? But also, God says in verse 16, your eyes saw, or the the author is talking to God, and the author says in verse 16 of Psalm 139, your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book, where they written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me your thoughts Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they would be more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. So this is once again, <laughs> reminding us how God is always with us, how he thinks of us all the time, us individually and us collectively as the church, right? Right. And so uh, we know that God is with us. We know that he leads us. And we know that he is one that we can trust in, that we can truly find rest in. And from that rest and trust, we can find true contentment in Christ. Okay, the last uh, passage I want to talk about is Hebrews 13.5. 13.5. And as I was studying for this episode, uh, I just thought it was interesting that Hebrews came up once again. Obviously, Hebrews is a really, really great book. Um, but if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you know, and if you followed along with me, uh, this is the book that I am, um, studying and that we are studying in our women's Bible study at my local church. So I just thought that this was pretty darn cool. So we're going to read, uh, Hebrews 13, 5. Okay, it says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we, and it goes on to verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And this is rare. I really want to break it down, all right? So the original Greek word for the word content is archaio, and I probably mispronounced that. Uh, but the original Greek word for the word content is archaeo, which means to be satisfied, to be enough, or sufficiency. And in Hebrews 13, 5, that we just read, we know that the writer was telling the original audience to be content because Jesus himself had said that he would never leave or forsake them. And the same is true for us. Jesus has told us over and over and over again that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so if we are continuously looking for something else outside of Christ to give us contentment, we will always be disappointed. If Christ himself, who is with us always, isn't enough for us, what possible thing in the whole vast universe will be able to satisfy us we won't ever find contentment in a spouse in a child or in any kind of material things we have to find our contentment in christ alone because the world will always disappoint us I'm not saying that fighting for this contentment in Christ is going to be easy because I am still fighting this every single day. That story I told you at the beginning of the episode, I am still fighting tooth and nail to make sure that every single day I'm checking myself and I'm remaining content in Christ. And it doesn't always happen. But it's recognizing that we have been placing other things, worldly things, to satisfy us above Christ. I will continue to have to work hard to consciously be satisfied in Christ on a daily basis. But I can do hard things, and so can you, sister. Okay, so now that we know what contentment is, how do we achieve it? We know that it is through Christ, right? Through trusting Him daily. But how do we tangibly and consciously fight our flesh? and work toward this deep satisfaction in Christ. Now, you guys know me. I'm never just going to give you a throwaway popular phrase in Christian culture without some actual action steps to help you reach that goal of truly finding this contentment and trust and rest in Christ. So the first step that I want you to do is I want you to ask yourself if this is true for you, if this is something you struggle with, why are you not currently satisfied in Christ alone? What emotions come up when you write this out? And don't judge yourself for your reason, just recognize it and we're gonna keep going. After you have completed that first step, Step two is to list out all of the things that you know without a shadow of a doubt that have been given to you by the Lord. Then sit in thankful prayer for all of the abundance that the Lord has given you. After you've done that, let's go on to step three. What Ask yourself, ask yourself this. What have you been trying to find satisfaction in more than Christ? Is it a relationship? Is it keeping up with the Joneses? Is it money? Is it something else entirely? Be honest with yourself and with God about these things. Again, don't judge yourself for these things. Just recognize them for right now and keep going. After you've worked through the first three steps, let's go on to step four. If you believe that the things that you've listed have become an idol, it's time to sit in repentant prayer with the Lord. Ask him to give you a burning passion for him and his word and ask him to work on your heart so that you can continue to become even more content in Christ. And now our last step, step five, come to God's word daily. Pray daily. It's sure hard to be content in Christ, if you are constantly learning, it it's sure hard to not be sorry. I reworded. I misworded that. It's sure hard to not be content in Christ if you are constantly learning more about Him and thanking Him for what He has done for you. I truly hope that these action steps were helpful, and man. We sure covered a whole heck of a lot in this episode, and I am so thankful that you decided to tune in. If you have any questions about this episode, please make sure to send me a DM, and I hope that you have a wonderful day, and as always, you have been made brave in Christ. Talk to you later. I am so thankful that you tuned in to today's show. I hope that this episode inspired you to go and own your faith today. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at made brave in Christ so I can see it and share it on my own story. Share with your friends and leave a review. It helps the show so much this is your reminder that you have been made brave in Christ. See you next week.